This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Hey, if this is your first Sunday back in church after the new year, happy new year. It's good to see you again. Um, we launched a series on prayer last Sunday called 31 Days of Prayer, just for us to focus on prayer for the first month of the year. And we actually had these cards printed so we could all be praying along together, be praying the same thing. So our ushers actually have one. So if you didn't get a card last Sunday, just lift up your hand. Just keep it up real high, and the ushers will find you there in the seats. So as they're passing those cards out, basically what we've done is given you something to pray for every day of the month in January. Uh, Just to go through some of the Bible verses that we have listed here. You're certainly not limited to these verses if you have other verses that you want to pray. It's just for us ways just to focus a little bit on prayer and our relationship with God in January, which is always good for us to do. And uh, the verses that we have in there, we found them in the ESV version, if that helps you at all. You just certainly don't have to use that version, uh, but we are referencing that version. So the goal for us, whether it's morning or night or midday, that we as a church family would be praying for these same things throughout the month. Um, And as we focus on prayer, that we want to see change, obviously, in our world, uh, in our world and the people around us, but we also want to be changed. So you could take that home with you. And also, if you've already lost your card, um, as John mentioned, you know, we, we're putting every day on social media those days. And so you can see it on Instagram or you can see it on Facebook if you happen to not have your card and you want to pray at work, something along those lines, or you can check it out on the app. Um, one other thing I just want to make mention to finish up this series, um, on Sunday, January 31st at 6 p.m., we're actually going to have just a worship and prayer time together as we finish up that Sunday, finish up the month. Uh, just we're going to gather together just for a little bit of time, just about an hour or so from 6 to 7 p.m. on Sunday night, January 31st. It's a great way to end 31 days of prayer on the 31st. So we uh, invite you to mark your calendars. We're going to have a great time uh, to in that night together. Um, after the holidays, one of the things that I noticed after the holidays, it's always great to celebrate. It's always great uh, to eat a lot, have some desserts, have some turkey, have whatever your traditions are at Christmas time. But as we come out of the holidays, I know for me, I'm kind of like, that's fun, but I don't know if I could live like that every day. Um, eating all this extra stuff all the time. And I think there is actually some rhythms in life. We see in the scriptures that God called Israel to feast, that they would celebrate life, that they would celebrate all the gifts that God has given. But then also there would be times in the scripture that he would call us to prayer. And this is what we're doing um, in the month of January, just focusing on prayer. So one of our key verses that we've been looking at, First John chapter 5 Verse 14 says this, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. So our focus, as as I mentioned last week, we we talked about being thankful last week and how important that is um, in our prayer time to be thankful to start out with thanksgiving um, not just to be bunch, asking for a bunch of stuff, but to be thankful to God. And I know this week, as I even listened to my own sermon, um, as I just spending time thanking God for all of the things that you have and all of the blessings, I mean, it takes a while. 
once you start going down the line of all of the, the people that you know and the friends that you have and, the, and, and all the blessings that you have, and it's just, it can really humble your heart realizing that God has given you all those things. So we, we started out last week focusing on that. But in these verses, we see that as we align ourselves, and that's what prayer does for us, uh, it aligns us to God's will because the prayers that we see here, the prayers that God hears is the prayers that are aligned with his will, not just the stuff that we want and that we're desiring in this moment, in this time. But the starting place for us is God's word. The starting place for us is aligning ourselves with what God says and then answering back, so to speak. Because prayer is not just a one-way thing. That prayer is a conversation, but it actually originates with God. It originates with God's will. It originates with his word and then we would pray back and then we would ask him for the things that align with his will, which is his word. And that's why we have scriptures here on this prayer calendar so that we can be praying in line with God's word. So today I have a little bit something different for you and I have a challenge for you. Is everybody ready for a challenge? Come on now. I know it's early and I know it's Sunday and I know it's raining outside, but is everybody ready for a challenge? Because I know that only the real Christ followers come to church when it's raining. All the posers are at home in bed, still consulting their feelings. And the real Christians are up and they're like, I'm just going by faith. So I have a challenge for you this morning. And one of the things that we see in the scripture um, that goes along with praying is something called fasting. No... Does everybody know what fasting is, specific to food, um, that we wouldn't actually eat for a little bit, whether it's a meal or two meals or a day. And this is something that I want you to think about. This is something that I actually want you to consider. And not only consider, it is actually something I want you to do. To do. All right, to do some point in January, and there's going to be a lot of different things that we talk about this morning that we can actually fast, that we're actually going to deny ourselves some things in the month of January so that we can actually focus on prayer, so that we can actually focus on our relationship with God. Now, you know, don't just um, fast to lose weight. I mean, that's good if you want to do that. But fasting and praying, it actually goes together. So it is um, something that we would be joining together, these two ideas. And um, but let me make mention, let's, let's use wisdom. If you have doctor's orders for something that somehow I have somehow reason you have to eat five times a day, um, go ahead with what your doctor says. But I think the majority of, of us, and nobody's actually died from not eating. Generally, people are dying from eating too much. Um, so that we actually want to deny ourselves maybe a little bit that we want to fast. So there's, there's some things that we see in the scripture. There's a partial fast that we can actually maybe fast a meal or two. Now, uh, it'll be a year next month that my wife made a change in our eating habits. And so I just said, Yes, dear. Um, you know, whatever would make you happy. And it was something that she wanting, was wanting to do for us specific, you know, for some health reasons. And just making some lifestyle adjustments for us. You know, and as a byproduct, we both, you know, lost some weight and different things like that. And we, we feel a lot better, sleeping a lot better. And for any information, please see my wife. Don't ask me what we did, okay? Because um, she loves that when I draw attention to her. Um, and also... One of the other byproducts that it wasn't actually intentional for her as we started out this journey, um, one of the things that I discovered about, you know, making some changes about 
what you eat and um, there's a lot of different things I learned in the, this last year making some adjustments in. Well, and I had really, you know, I'd grown up in church, as I've told you many times, and I, I knew about fasting, and I maybe did it once or twice, really not that big of a deal. Um, I wasn't really intentional about it. But one of the things that happened in our um, eating changes is that as we ate and made some changes, I just ended up being not as hungry a lot of times. And, and I was actually able to fast, and it was something that was sort of imperceptible at first, and then I was able to not eat a couple of meals, and it was actually okay, and then, you know, a lot of times I'll do sermon preparation here on Saturday, and then I would skip a meal in the middle of Saturday I was, as I was preparing um, to preach to you guys, and it actually was something I really started to enjoy. Now, I know if you're, if you're hearing about fasting maybe for the first time, you're like, what, not eating, enjoying it? I don't know if those two things go together, um, but it was actually something that I thanks to my wife, that I actually discovered, and I discovered the value in it. Now, if you go online, you can um, look up the health benefits to fasting, which there are many, and and you can read it for yourself. You don't take my word for it. And that would have been nothing available to the writers of the scripture. They wouldn't have known the health benefits necessarily to fasting, but there is actually health benefits to fasting, so you can go study that for yourself. So let me encourage you, at some point in January... For the purpose of setting aside some time and some effort and some energy for praying to align yourself to God's words and and ways for this year, for your life and for your family. Not once again, not just to lose some weight, even though that will happen. And that's a good thing. Um, But that we would actually do it for a purpose. You can maybe deny yourself a meal or you can do a full day. Um, and, you know, drink water as you do it. And then something that's sort of famous in Christian circles right now is maybe a Daniel fast. And a Daniel fast is like fruits, vegetables, and nuts. And um, it's just sort of an adjustment to your eating patterns for the purpose of seeking God. So is everybody up for the challenge today? All right. So maybe someone's like, I'm not convinced yet. Maybe by the end of the message, you will be. So just to define fast, it just means eating sparingly or abstaining from food altogether, either from necessity or desire. In medical terms, fasting is detoxification of the body through the restriction of food. Now, we've all heard of a detox, right? And maybe we like detoxes or we think the people that do detoxes are crazy. We're not sure. Uh, depending on, you know, some of the education or lack of education that we might have. But I think even the word detox or detoxification should sound good to us. That if if our body has toxins or even maybe that some of our attitudes might have toxins. Um, Some of the things in our soul and some of the things in our thinking might be toxic to us. And once again, uh, denying ourselves food, not just for the purpose of not eating, but for the purpose of seeking God gives us this way that we can align ourselves and that we can maybe make some adjustments that we need to make 2016 for ourselves, for our families, maybe for our business, maybe for some other adjustments that we might need to make in life, that we're going to restrict ourselves, we're going to deny ourselves something so that we can seek after God. Spiritual fasting entails setting aside activities as well as reducing the intake of food and replacing these activities with exercise of prayer and preoccupation with spiritual concerns. Um, The New Testament word translated fasting literally means one who has not eaten, one who is empty. Now, when we think about fasting, when we think about food and we feed ourselves, we know that we're sustaining our bodies, we're sustaining our lives. And once you 
would you, would you slow down and actually think about how much of your day actually goes into eating food and preparing to eat for food and shopping for food, or maybe you're weak. It's a lot. Um, you know, I, I paused to think about this other, the other day. You know, my wife and I don't necessarily do one big shop every week. We kind of do multiple shops, and I'm texting her, and she's texting me back lists, and I, I don't understand the list sometimes, and then she gets mad at me, and I'm confused, and then we have an argument on text, and then it all gets resolved later. Um, but preparing to eat and thinking about eating and food, it's a big part of the stuff that goes on in our lives. And part of the reason that we would deny ourselves food is that we would see in those moments when we're not eating, and once again, it's not something we're going to do forever, it would just be for a time or for a meal, that we're seeing that ultimately that God is the one that sustains us, not just the food. That I need the food, I need the food, I've got to get the food, I've got to plan for the food, we've got to plan this, we've got to think about that. And so much of our day is going into that, and if there is maybe a time where we're not going to do that for a day, still going to drink water, still going to be wise, those different things, that I'm not going to look to the food to sustain me, but I'm actually going to look and focus um, on God to sustain me, because ultimately He is the one that sustains us. And when we're denying ourselves food, it is actually easier uh, to focus on that because we're not just thinking about feeding our body. We're thinking about feeding another part of who we are. We're thinking about feeding our spirit. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the three parts of us that describe who human beings are. We see spirit, we see soul, we see body. Now, our, our soul would be, you know, thinking, it would be our emotions, it would be our choices. And then if, if we think about maybe fasting, denying ourselves certain ways that we just think all of the time, that we're just, if we just think about food, that when we solically, when we're denying ourselves food and we can focus on God. And then we know, um, so... We, we want to take care of all three of these parts of who we are. And we should want to take care of our bodies because our bodies houses our spirit and our soul. And, and, we, and I think, you know, I, I'm not a, a, a nutrition expert or an exercise expert, but I think we know. That I think we know, and this is why a lot of times, you know, in January, people are making adjustments with their food and exercise because ultimately we want to make some changes and do some things to help us in these areas. But as we deny ourselves food physically, that we actually want to focus on our spirit. The scripture says in John chapter 4 that God is a spirit. So as we, as a spirit being, that we, you know, we have a soul and live in a body, that we actually want to connect with God and not just always connecting with the natural things around us. Even though those are the things that God has made and they're not bad. But that we would actually want to focus on feeding our spirit and not just feeding our body. Do you know that our bodies, a lot of times, our bodies have trained us. And, you know, some of the things that, that I learned as, as my wife adjusted some of our eating habits is that your body has a voice. And if you stop feeding it the things that it's used to eating, it's going to yell at you. It's going to scream. It's going to say, hey, go buy that store, you know, that store. Go through the drive-thru of the thing you know that we like, that we've gotten every day, that has the frosting, and it has the this, and it has the sugar, and it has all of these. And your body will scream at you when you start to deny it stuff. And, and once you start to do that, you realize 
how much in a sense that we've allowed our bodies to train our choices as opposed to making choices to train our bodies. And this is the thing, this is one of the, the side benefits of fasting is that we're, we're strengthening this inner part of us, not just the body, not just feeding the body, that we are actually feeding our spirit, that we are, from the inside of who we are, strengthening ourselves. Now, when the Apostle Paul, when he prayed for the church as an example at Ephesus, and we see this in Ephesus, um, sorry, Ephesians chapter 1, he was praying for the church. And he prayed so much that they would be strengthened on the inside. And strength on the inside is very important. Now, we know it's good to have strong bodies and all these different things, but strength on the inside is also very important. It will help us to make good choices. It will help us to go good places and do good things as we, as we strengthen our spirit. And this is a big part of prayer. This is a big part of prayer. Aligning ourselves, tuning ourselves on purpose to God's ways for our lives. And I just want to make mention of one thing. As we were uh, singing earlier, we were singing about God making all things new. And as we were singing that, you know, I, I, as I was just thinking about maybe some people in here, you know, and I really loved that song. And in that moment, I just feel like God was speaking to some people. And, you know, sometimes things can get old to us. And maybe uh, marriages and relationships can get stale. And I just wanted to encourage a few married people that God can make your marriage new. It might seem old and it might seem stale and you might seem angry and frustrated, but God can make all things new. Everybody say all things. And that includes relationships. All right, let me just encourage you or affirm that in somebody's heart today. Back to the message. Okay, here we go. So what we're doing as we're denying our bodies which I'm challenging you to do at some point in January, not just to deny your body for the sake of denying your body, but denying your body to tune your spirit. Tune your spirit to God. Acts chapter 13, we see an example of this. Um, In these verses that they were preparing some ministers to go out into the ministry and do certain things. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 says this. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menean, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. So we see that there was um, a preparation for something that was out in front of these guys who were going out to do some ministry. Some pre-preparation, praying and fasting to send them out. Now, as we're thinking about 2016, this is part of the reason why I'm challenging you this for your life, for your family, for your business, for your job, that in, as we're about to go out, as you're preparing for this year, that we would pray and fast, that there would be some preparation for the year not some, and some intentionality, not some haphazardness, that for, at this meal, at this time or this section of the day, I am just not going to eat and I'm going to focus on preparing for this year, tuning my heart to what, would, to what God would have for me. So as we think about um, fasting and praying, it is a way to prepare. Now, some of the things that fasting isn't, I just want to make mention of this. 
that fasting is not penance. Some of you might have grown in, uh, up in traditions that you had to do penance. So we're not going to fast to do penance for how much we overate in December. And to think, okay, now I, we did all this celebrating, we did all this overeating. Now, God, to make it up to you, I'm not going to eat to sort of make up for all the over. So fasting is not penance, all right? And fasting is not a way to twist God's arm. Fasting is not a way to say, okay, God, I'm not going to eat, and therefore I'm going to spend this time praying to you, and I'm going to take it, I'm going to twist your arm, I'm going to make you to do the things that I want you to do. Fasting is not um, a way by your religion to, to sort of make God do something, so it's not for that purpose. And then also, lastly, fasting is not a way for you to appear spiritual, to put on a something. So here's a recommendation that I have for you. Whatever you fast... Um, this month, don't tweet it <laughs> to all your Christian friends and just, I just want you to know that I'm not eating because I'm spending extra time with the Lord Jesus today. <laughs> don't do that, okay? And don't show up at church next Sunday and try to find everybody and walk in and sort of walk in like this. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey what's up? I was fasting all week because the... The pastor challenged us to fast, and I'm barely making it to church today. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus helps us with this. Verse 16, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen of others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. So in other words, whenever you fast, show up here next Sunday, look good, smell good. Nobody will know that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. Now we read the verses in the same chapter last week talking about Jesus saying that we would go into our prayer closet. You remember that? Now, your prayer closet doesn't actually have to be a closet, you know, because you don't necessarily want to sit on the floor in your closet with all your smelly shoes. So it doesn't, the point is not an actual closet. The point is getting alone with God. So we see two things to distinct to prayer and to fasting, that it is, about, it is about your private relationship with God. It's not something that you have to trumpet to people, to announce, to tell everybody, to try to look extra spiritual the same way with praying, that it isn't like... Like Michael Jr. told us, it's, it's sometimes we, we feel like we've got to put on something. I'm not going to let them out pray me. That's why a lot of our praying should be done in private. So it's not a put on and it's not a show. And also fasting is the same way. So what else could we fast in January? What are some other things that we could deny ourselves in January? How about some of the screens that we look at? Phone, pad, iPad, tablet, computer, television. Could any of us cut down on our screen time? I got my hand up. Man, we could cut down on our screen time, couldn't we? Maybe that would be a good fast, along with a food fast, that we would think, you know what, I'm going to set this day aside. I'm going to put my phone aside. Now, if your wife is expecting you home and she's calling you, don't make, make sure you tell your wife so she knows where you're at or something. You know, don't be foolish. But that we would set some time aside 
that we would just not be doing the things that we would normally do. Not to be religious, not to twist God's arm, not to look extra spiritual, but to tune ourselves. How many of you know that a generation ago, I mean, we weren't looking at so many screens so much of the time. And it consumes our lives, if we're honest. A lot of the day, we would be, if you, you know, if you're on social media, that would be a good fast. I know I'm planning at some point um, in this month just to fast social media, not to go on and see what everybody's doing and then what everybody's thoughts are. Because, I mean, a lot of times for me, it just makes me mad anyway. And then I write a response and I'm delete. The pastors can't say that on Facebook. <laughs> just deny yourself social media. How about... And I know for anybody who looks after the finances after December, go on a spending fast. Can I get an amen on that one? I mean, you could just spend, at Christmas time, you could just spend and spend and spend. And just, hey, I'm just not going to buy anything extra. We don't need to buy anything extra this month. We bought a bunch of stuff last month. And we're not buying anything else this month. A spending fast. Here's something. What about... An addiction fast. And I say this with all um, gentleness and, and kindness. What is it if there's something that you're addicted to that's detrimental to your life? And these are serious situations for a lot of people. And some of it can actually be related to screens that we look at. Something that we might be addicted to, whether it's a substance or something we look at or whatever the case may be, what if we would decide in the month of January that, you know what, I am not going to do this. And I'm actually going to seek the face of God for this thing. So that I can get help to get over this thing. That I can actually stop doing this thing that's hurting me, hurting my body, hurting my choices, hurting my family. That I would actually make a choice that I'm, whatever this thing is that I'm addicted to, that I'm actually going to fast it. And then maybe actually in the beginning of February, you wouldn't pick it back up. That I would stop doing this thing because ultimately in, in my heart of hearts, I know there's no benefit. I know it's not good for me. And that's no, I know it's not good for my thought life. I know it's not good for my body. I know it's not good for my attitudes. So what are those things? You know, I'm not asking you to answer out loud. I'm just asking you to think about it. And we would have compassion on people that have addictions, wouldn't we? Whether they're legal substances or illegal substances, I, don't, I know, and like I was describing, you know, as my wife and I were talking about some of the food changes that we had made, really we just realized we were addicted to certain types of food. We were addicted to certain ways to shop at the grocery store. And one of the hard things, and when we made our changes, I was like, there were certain aisles in the grocery store that I actually couldn't steer my cart down. Now, is that better or worse than some substance that's illegal or it's something this or something that we would drink or smoke or whatever the case? No, it's an addiction. It's a thing that's driving your life. And we don't want anything to drive our life except God. And so that maybe we would think about that and maybe we would make that a point of fasting, that there would be something that we would deny ourselves. Here's something else I thought of. This would be for some people. What about going on an anger fast? If you're prone to, to fits of rage, 
And I, and I know what I'm talking about. You're prone to just, your, your first thing is you are just gonna give somebody a piece of your mind. And you are just gonna react. It's just gonna be, ugh. And I'm talking about, you know, anger that hurts people, hurts others, hurts you. Maybe we could go on an anger fast. That we would deny ourselves the habit of flying off the handle. And like I said, I know from experience, it's just a better way to live. To not having your first reaction be 10 on the dial. Ah! Hey. Look to peace as your first option. Peace is a better first option than anger. Detrimental, harsh, mean anger. So the, the idea of a fast is a denial of your flesh. The denial of your flesh. The things that your flesh is used to. Just habitual and it could be attitudinal. It can be substances. It can be a lot of different things for the purpose of feeding your spirit for the purpose of strengthening the inner man, the inner you, not just letting your body make all the choices and not just letting your emotions make all of the choices, but a strong you strengthened by God and his will and his ways to help us affect our 2016. Because there's some great things in store, right? For 2016, there's some great things in store for you and your family and your business and your career and your job and your education for 2016. But we don't want our flesh, our body to take us off track. We want to be lined up with God and his will and his ways for us for 2016. Denying our flesh to strengthen our spirit. Second Chronicles Chapter 7, verse 14, says this, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. In the middle of these verses, talking about praying, but it talks about turning around, that we would turn from our ways. And once again, as we, we talk and we think about prayer and maybe some fasting, hopefully, that we're turning just from our thing. Just our thing and just our wisdom. That I actually want to invoke God's wisdom. And I'm going to turn from just my, my stuff. Now, there's a word that kind of has a negative connotation um, because the way of Christians has used it. But it is actually a good word and it's the word repent. And this is what that means. It just means that we're going to turn. So here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm acting. Here's all the things that I'm eating. Here's all the choices that I'm making because of my flesh. And what am I going to do? I am going to turn. I'm going to repent from that. And if any of us in here think we have no repenting to do, you've got repenting to do for thinking that you don't have to repent. All of us need to make adjustments. See, the spirit of who we are, God has recreated our spirits. Our connection has, is, is because of this, God has recreated us on the inside, but our soul, our mind needs to be retrained. The scripture says that we would renew our mind, right? 
Romans chapter 12, renewing our mind, changing our thinking. So our spirit is made new, but then our thinking needs to change so that we can then retrain our body. Instead of doing this, that we would turn and we would do this, that we would follow after the things that God has for us, that we would follow after God, repent from doing our own thing and go after God. Now, why would we do that? Is that a denial of all things fun? Is that, uh, you know, God is the ultimate cosmic party pooper? If I'm going to do that, then I'm going to lose out on all the fun in my life and nothing's going to be enjoyable. And I think, I, I think that's all just a big fat lie that the devil has told everybody and tells especially young people that if I'm going to follow God, my life isn't going to be any fun. Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says this, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. What's the next two words? With fasting and weeping and with mourning. And rend your hearts, not your garments. So it's, it's a heart thing. We're coming to God. It's, it, we're coming to God with our hearts, with our spirits. It says, return to the Lord for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. What is he? He's merciful. Slow to anger. Abounding in steadfast love. And that's why we want to turn our feet to his testimonies, to his way, to his word. Why? Because he's the one that loves us. He's the one that's offering us mercy. He is not... Standing there as we keep going our own way and doing our own thing that's destroying our lives. He's not behind us saying, come this way because I'm really mad at you. He's saying, come this way because I love you. And this way, my way, God says, is better than just something you could imagine or something you could dream up. That following after God, turning my life. And I'm hopeful that the Holy Spirit is showing all of us in here today what are the areas that we're just going and it's just not that great. It's not the best way for us. That we would turn and we would follow after God. And what, when we turn to God, what is He offering us? We turn to God and it's going to be like a right hook across the chin. When we turn to Him, no, He's like, hey, I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for you with my love and with my mercy and with my grace. Let's go this way. Let's start again. And he says to us what we sang about. He makes all things new. And you could have been going down this path. You could, you could have been going this, down this path of destruction or addiction or anger or all these different things that we might be facing. For years and years and years, decades and decades. And then when we turn, he's there waiting to love us and care for us and lead us forward into new life in 2016. Amen. First John 1 John 1.9, I didn't actually put this on the screen, but it's a famous verse. First John... Chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, as His word is not in us. 
Now, us confessing our sins is not the thing that causes forgiveness. The thing that causes forgiveness is the blood of Jesus. But actually, a healthy part of our relationship with God is actually to confess to God the things that we have messed up with because of our flesh. Because the reality is God knows those things anyway. And the forgiveness doesn't come because we confess it. Because what if we, what if we forgot some sin? What if we forgot something that happened in 2015? God has forgiven our sins past, present, and future. So it isn't the confession of the sin that causes forgiveness, but it is a good, healthy part of relationship. If you've done something within the context of a friendship or a marriage, do you know what's a really good thing to do? Is to admit it. Is to say, hey, you know, that was all my fault. I was an idiot. I was angry. I apologize. Confession is a good part of relationship. And how much so with our relationship with God? That we need to like, in a time of alignment... In a time of prayer, you are going to become aware of the deficiencies of your flesh. And the deficiencies of just your own choices. And you're going to see it. And what's a good thing to do in that moment? It's like, oh God, I confessed that sin, that that area that I messed up. And then so what? You're confessing that so then you can then repent and go the other way. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel is here, and the children of Israel are in exile in Babylon. And he starts to pray, and I think this is so interesting, and I think there's so much commentary for us in our lives. It says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Ashurus, by descendant of Amid, who was the king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord, Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. In other words, they're going to be there for 70 years. And then he says this, verse 3, Then I turned my face to the Lord. Do, you, do we see this again? This is a great illustration of her prayer. This is a great illustration for fasting. That instead of just turning my face to food, which I do three, four, five. Ten case, you know, times a day, whatever the case may be, I'm just turning my face to food, turning my face to food for this to sustain me, that I'm actually going to turn my face to God. That I turn my face to the Lord, seeking Him by prayer, pleas of mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Now listen. So here is Israel in the middle of a country, a godless country, a country that is worshiping idols. And there Israel is in the middle, captive in the middle of this godless country. But then he says, we have sinned and done wrong. What? Here is, is Israel in this godless country and then he's saying on behalf of the people who know God who have a covenant with God who have a relationship with God we have sinned now here's something that I would like for us to think about as a church followers of Jesus so easy for us 
to look out at the world and what the world is doing and just complain about it and to be angry at sinners for sinning. That's what sinners do. They sin. I don't know why we get angry about it. That we would actually humble ourselves and say, okay, where where are the areas that we as a church can be a better example of the gospel, be a better example of Jesus? Not just to to look out at the world and be like, oh my gosh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And every day I look at the, the list of things that you told us to pray for, Pastor Brennan. Each day I think about these things and I'm like, oh, these people are the worst people. They might be they might be some bad people on the list. We kind of put them on there on purpose. But here Daniel is praying and he's actually humbling himself. And saying, not oh the world this, the world this, the world this. He's saying, Hey, we, we have sinned. Maybe we haven't done everything right as the church. Maybe we haven't done everything right as Christ followers. And then we, we, as Christ followers, we get upset about things. And, um, you know, I'm going to mention something. I kind of I had a whole good social media post about this. It was a little bit past it now, but I just want to mention something. And if you, you can disagree with me, but if you want to be wrong. But um, in December, there was a huge kerfuffle. I don't know if you saw this. About Starbucks and them not putting Christmas on their cups. Did anybody hear about this? Christians were going to boycott them and blah 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 all these different things and you know what we need to as a church church repent for that nonsense did did God call Starbucks to preach the gospel or did he call the church to preach the gospel and to lift up the name of Jesus why would we be expecting as the church secular companies to like be preaching the gospel and then when they don't put Christmas on something we're going to boycott them what are we doing we need to repent for stuff like that we need to say okay why would we expect secular companies to do that hey if if Christmas the celebration of Jesus is not uh, out there as much we the church need to celebrate it and trumpet that Jesus came The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords not ask Starbucks to do it. Amen. And there's an example. We we could just look at the world and be mad that the world isn't doing Christian stuff. The world isn't going to do Christian stuff. But we should be. We should be saying, Jesus, how can we represent you to the world? How can we be an example of your grace and your love and your mercy that you showed us on the cross? That you didn't actually expect perfection from us. Why would we expect perfection from the world and then yell at them when they don't live a perfect moral life? We didn't. We haven't. That is the point of the gospel. Nobody qualifies on their own. Not even the good church-going people like you. You didn't qualify because you go to church. You qualified because of Jesus. And that is the message of the church. 
Not we're going to boycott Starbucks if they don't put Christmas on cops. And if you disagree with me, we can argue later. Once again, but you'd be wrong. <clears throat> Daniel is saying, here we are in this godless country, but we repent. Help us to be who you've made us to be, Lord. Let's quit looking down our nose at other people because of their lack of this and 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 they're not this. That we would be like Daniel and we say, we have sinned and done wrong. Help us to be better at following after you. Help us to be a better example of your love. We skip down to verse 8. It says, To us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings and to our princes and to our fathers because we have sinned against you. To our Lord God belongs mercy and forgiveness for we have rebelled. That's why we turn back to God because what does he offer us? He's not offering us anger and judgment. He's offering us mercy and forgiveness. So we can turn to him. We should want to turn to him. So that's for us corporately. And then here's for us individually. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. You've got a race to run in 2016. God has a race for you to run in 2016. What does he tell us to do? Lay aside the sins and the weights, the stuff that is holding us back, the stuff that's weighing us down, whether physically, spiritually, mentally, that we would lay it aside, that we would learn to fast those things, put those things aside so that we could align ourselves for 2016, so that 2016 can be the year that God intended for us as individuals and for our families and for our church. And how are we going to have a great 2016? Is it by being self-righteous? Is it by thinking that we're better than everybody else? Or is it the way of aligning ourselves to God and saying humbly, coming to God and saying, I'm so glad to be in your presence today, God. Help me to align myself to your ways and to your thoughts and to your path that I can live the life that you have for me. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your love today. That you offer us your love and your grace for all of the areas that we have messed up. That we've made a mess of our lives, Lord, in these certain ways, with these certain attitudes, with these certain choices. Lord, we repent of those things. We thank you, Lord, that you are leading us to your path, that you are leading us to your ways. Lord, and we purpose, Lord, this month 
as you direct and as you lead us and guide us, that there's certain things that we could fast, there's certain things that we could put aside so that we could focus on strengthening our spirit. And Father God, as a church, Father, that you would help us to be a city on a hill that we can be a shining light for you that we can bring your grace and your love and your mercy to people that have been told a different story about you That you give us ways, Lord, to show love to our community. That you show us ways to give love to one another. That we would actually care about some of the other people that are seated in this room today. That you would give us eyes to see them the way you see them. Lord, and we repent for any ways that maybe we've just been doing our own thing, but we want to follow after you. That we can bring the gospel to the world, that we can bring your message to the world, that you would help us, Lord, as individual Christ followers, as people that serve on, on different teams here at the church, that you would grace us all this year, Lord, to be a shining example of you, Lord, help us to not be angry at the people that you aren't angry at. Help us to love those people, Lord. Help us to offer the same grace and love that you have offered to us. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.